Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode of Change Talk, we meet Sam Venus, an entrepreneur, writer, and strategist behind the Humanality blog. Professionally, He works with startups and large organizations to clarify their long-term thinking and make future choices that are good for business and society. Sam and I discuss his complicated relationship with his weekly cigarette routine, what it means to him and about him on a deeper level, and why he wants to move away from it. He also happens to be one of my best friends. I hope that his change talk can in some way inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy and is not meant to be a replacement for therapy. Please seek professional help. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. And we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Change Talk. Today, I'm with my friend, Sam Venus. Sam's going to give you a little bit of a five to 10 second or 25 second rundown of who he is. Um, Before he does that, I'm just going to tell you all that Sam is is one of my oldest friends. And you could say that we've been having change talks uh, for the better part of 15 or longer years, just one successive change talk after another. It's hard to even blur the lines between one and the other. Our relationship is, is structured in such a way that these are the kind of conversations we have. Um, Of course, I'm sure you're going to want to hear other conversations with people I don't know as well, but this is an important one to me. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Sam Venus to Change Talk. Hi, Noah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming on. Give me a little bit of, just give our listeners a little bit of a lowdown. Who are you? What are you up to? Who am I? Um, I've been asking that question for my entire (laughs) life, so (laughs) I... uh, Professionally, I work uh, sort of at the intersection of strategy and marketing. I help, uh, I help businesses grow by um, helping them understand sort of the bigger picture perspective of, uh, you know, what's happening in the larger business environment and things that they can do to grow and how to make sure that everything translates financially and makes sense. Um, I'm also an aspiring writer um, hey. and uh, trying to get better every day. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I think I asked that question in hindsight just to see where you would have gone with it. <laughs> but we're, <laughs> I can we're go the, in so many different so, directions. Yeah, but we're, we're on the air, so we'll keep it at that. So Sam, um, you know, humbly, basically, basically, he's a boss and he helps companies uh, with their strategies to take things to scalable levels. Um, he's also an incredibly uh, amazing writer and is working through that craft. You can check him out at the Humanality newsletter, uh, which we will link as well. And one of the more thoughtful people that I know, uh, a growth-oriented person, constantly trying to better himself. And so, Sam, you're great. You, you gave a little bit of your, your resume speech. Why don't you tell us you know, let's get right to it a little bit. What's going on that, uh, that you wanted to have a change talk about? So the thing that I am looking to change, which is, uh, it's somewhat small, but also significant. And this sort of nagging thing that I can't seem to shake. And that is that for the last few years, Um, About once a week, I will smoke a cigarette. And uh, every time that I finish a pack, I am like, okay, I'm done. I need to stop buying the next, I'm not going to buy the next one. And then without fail, I get into another situation and I'm like, okay, I want one. And I'll go back to the store and I buy it again. And then I do the same routine where I 
you know, it's the middle of the day and I get that little urge and I go out for a cigarette and uh, then I feel like shit afterwards. And I, uh, and I go through that cycle over and over again, um, once, maybe twice a week. Mm. Sam, what is that situation? So you, you finish a pack of cigarettes and your mind tells you you're ready to stop. What's the situation that you mentioned that comes up that leads you then to go back and buy another one? So I think, I think that there's like a small part of it that has to do with uh, somewhat of like a um, sort of like toxicological like addiction. Like I think maybe a little bit and I, I have never had an addictive personality. It's, you know, some people say like, you know, they try something and then they're, they're hooked on it. I've never had that with really anything. Like even my cell phone, I think I have a relatively healthy relationship with. Um, but cigarettes is the only thing where like, I will get cravings every once in a while. And it's this like, what's strange about it is like, it's this feeling that I don't know if it's, I can't tell if it's like an actual craving that's physiological or if it's just like my mind that's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, this is the solution to whatever this itch feeling is. And so I go out and I try to solve it. I'm like, okay, no, 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 it's fine. It's just once a week, go out and try to solve it, smoke a cigarette. And then I'm like, oh, don't do that again. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, so. I, so it's so partly of, physiological, like something you obviously have the experience in your body, that routine of, a certain maybe level of emotion, certain kind of stress coming up and saying, Hey, like, Oh, that's great. Like I want that. So there is that physiological element, but then, but then there's something else as well that you're trying to get to. For sure. Like it's associate. You're right to say that it's associated with a type of stress. Mm. There's it's like, and, and it's a, I think if you look at it on the level of solutions, like it's a really poor solution to the type of problem that I'm experiencing. Like I feel this tightness in my chest or I feel this like, you know, maybe sort of uh, tenseness in my gut. And um, I, it feels maybe a little bit like anxiety. It feels maybe a bit of um, like frustration and in and my solution to that is to go smoke a cigarette, but actually just makes all of that feel even worse because it makes my heart rate, um, it, my heartbeat much faster, my lungs uh, like condense and it makes it harder to breathe. Um, and so like, it's a really poor medicine if you're looking clearly on the level of solutions. And yet it's the like, in my mind, there's some association where that's the thing that I want at right. that time there's something really appealing to it, you know, even as you're talking about the negative effects, whether that happens right after or even while you're doing it, there's something really appealing about it to you. Yeah, I think, I think that part of the appeal, I mean, if I think through like the, the sort of like associational framework of, what cigarettes mean in my like symbolically like part of it is there's this relationship to my bubby who uh growing up like you know she comes she's a polish immigrant she comes from a family of doctors uh they're all like you know super successful her sister was like the first female dean of biomed at mcgill her brother wrote the code for Scantron. Her other brother is like a, you know, very like world renowned psychiatrist and she's the artist and <laughs> she's this free spirit, um, you know, jewelry making, you know, she beats uh, to her own drum completely always. And she has, she's, you know, about to turn 90 years old. She has, uh, she has diabetes. She is, and she has diabetes. She smokes. And she's like, you know, her whole life, she's been this, like, she goes dancing, you know, every week and she has this, but she has this thing where like, you know, she celebrates life and part of celebrating life is like, 
you know, having a cigarette is like this sort of enthusiastic way. And in my head, the case study for how you can continue to live a fruitful, like, you know, it's like if you enjoy and, and can get the, you know, the nectar of life all the way through, then smoking is not such a bad thing. Instead of it being a negative thing, it's actually a positive thing because it's, uh, it's this thing that like, it, it's, it allows you to savor it as opposed to, and it's like, hey, in my head, it's like, hey, look at my bubby. She's 90 years old. She's still able to like, she still smokes. So like, you know, who cares? I'm young. I, you know, why does it matter so much for me? I'm young. I'm confident. I beat to my own drum. I see, you know, my booby in myself a little bit. And this connects me to my booby in some way to her, the way that she engages in the world. Yeah, like... I don't know. There's a lot about my bubby that I wouldn't want to copy exactly, but right. there's definitely in terms of like her free spiritedness in terms of her uh, just, you know, she's 90 years old and she says to me all the time, like, I don't want to die. I have so much I, I still have to do. You know, I've, I love life so much. And she just like, she has this just zest and enthusiasm for existence. And it's, you know, a marvel. She goes dancing all the time. She's dating somebody like, or not dating, but she hangs out with the, this person who's, you know, 30 years younger than her. And she's, but she's, she, her model, of, she's, a, she's a model for me of like what it means to live. You know, she's like 1920s Paris, like right. really um, bohemian, artistic, uh, you know, zest of life, intellectual kind of um, artistic lifestyle. And there's a freedom in that, you know, even of course that you are different, you don't want to emulate everything, but there's a, there's a piece of her that is just so strong that you see in, in, in how effective engagement in the world can be. Somebody who's 90 years old, who is living so freely in many respects and is dancing, has romantic life involvement like lives at 90 like i don't i don't know if people are understanding that, that this person is 90 years old um which is just so appealing for you and it's meaningful and so yeah so when i go out to smoke a cigarette there's also this other thing that comes to mind it's uh it's an ayn rand quote uh it was like i remember in atlas shrugged there's this moment where um the, the main character is standing outside and she, she's smoking a cigarette and she looks at the cigarette at the end of the cigarette and says like, you know, it reminds her of, you know, with the fire at the end of the, of the cigarette, it's like man's ability to control nature and the forces of reality all in one, you know, gesture uh, in the palm of her hand. Um, and it's like, so there's this romanticism to smoking. And I think if you look at like the early, um, advertisements around smoking campaigns there's a reason why they were so successful you look at john wayne like you look at some of these early western style rugged um you know western exterior thinkers um and or like just characters in sort of like classic americana there's a reason why cigarettes were like a component of that it's because it's it is it's this like it's this poison that somehow feels good like it makes you feel like you're channeling the 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 forces the, of nature the forces of nature what, and like and the and the what do you like, think fire represents to the development of humanity uh a major element on our you know evolutionary tract of being able to control the elements and do with with natural resources and make them into let's say homes warming ourselves up like everything i mean everything is connected to fire so it's this, so in those moments, so, you know, so I guess the question then, and what I maybe need to come back to is like, you know, is it possible to simultaneously appreciate the majesty or the sort of symbolic um, intrigue of cigarettes and also not want to smoke them? <laughs> you know, like, is it okay to, can I separate between that pathological feeling of being drawn to actually want to participate it participate with it on a weekly basis and the sort of respect that i have 
for the culture um, that surrounds it and its legacy. It's, it's just the way you're describing it. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to have a cigarette, believe me. Like I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not interested, <laughs> but, and we're not advertising that. Please, um, please do not get that message here, but we are just exploring, you know, we, we start off, Sam's talking, you know, Sam is not smoking a pack a day. He's not a chain smoker. It's not a big problem in his life, but you see how much can just come out just from a very little tiny uh, conversation here that, that cigarettes have this symbolic representation of like human development, human growth, human swag, the ability to, to beat to your own drum, all of these values that people hold on to completely um, divorced or separated from what a cigarette is. And you already see just how much meaning goes into a puff. Um, <laughs> especially someone as thoughtful as Sam uh, in this situation. So Sam, you have a lot of intriguing reasons, uh, both from a familial perspective, just from the kind of person that you are. And, and for our listeners should know that Sam is, is definitely in the spirit of his grandma, even as his bubby, even though he's different. So, so why are we even having this conversation? I guess, you know, it sounds amazing uh, symbolically. Well, I think that's the point is that it sounds amazing symbolically and uh, not so much physically. Um, I think that there's, I regularly feel for, I am affected by smoking for at least a couple of days after I have a cigarette. Like I, and I, I'm a runner, so I run pretty frequently and I can immediately feel the impacts of it, which does not feel very good. Um, I also feel like the jitters of it, which doesn't feel great. And I also was like, you know, I do yoga multiple times a week and uh, I can tell after I've smoked a cigarette that like my lungs have been blocked off somewhat. And as somebody who's constantly striving to open up my body even more, it's definitely indirect conflict with, uh, with that. So it's like, there's this ping pong that goes back and forth between on the one hand, taking, taking action that is healthy for me um, and taking action that uh, opens my body up and makes me feel more like connected to its natural rhythm and this sort of injection of, you know, what I really think of as poison, which is this, um, you know, carbon that's going into my lungs and throwing off the equilibrium. Um, and so I, and, and then, and I sometimes wonder if like there, those things like, you know, running, running and smoking has, it, it, they work together in this symbolic framework. Like they're, it's like the equilibrium is maintained by the extremes of both like the run, which like opens up the lungs and the cigarette, which closes them up. And it's like, I think in my, in my head, it's okay that I smoke every once in a while because I'm balancing off the physical component with, um, with other actions that, that lead to that sort of equilibrium state. Right. So there's just another reason why there's this, this symmetrical, vague sense of symmetry that you're looking for uh, in some way as well. <laughs> so add that to the list of, as to why you want to continue here. Um, and we're going to get into why you might not. I think it would be interesting, Sam, to ask you, like, let's, let's take a moment to come back into the end of the pack. The end of the pack has happened. You've now said, I don't want to do this again. Now, just walk me through and, and share both what's happening outside and what's happening inside. Walk me through the story of you buying another pack. What's going on in your brain? What is the inner dialogue? What's happening outside? Give me, give me a story a little bit, a short story. Okay, so the pack is done. And I'm like, okay, I'm, not, go. Do, I'm, not, I'm not doing this again. This is over. And sometimes I'll leave the empty pack sitting in, uh, in my drawer. And I, I keep the cigarettes hidden away because if I, if I see them, then I'll want to smoke it. So I have to like, I keep them hidden away in a little drawer. And like every once in a while, like even while I have a pack, I like a little like dog with his tail between his legs, I walk over, over to the pack and I'm like, Ugh. and then, you know, the weirdest thing about it is my body reacts to the cigarette before I've smoked it. So I pick up the cigarette and immediately my stomach starts to churn and I get this like wave of like, Ooh, this is not good. 
and then I still continue to do it. But why did you pick it up in the first place? So like, give me an example of a recent time where you were done with it and then you decided to pick it up again. Like what, what was going on? Give me, so I'd say there's, there's, two, there's two reasons. One is like, one is a semantic trigger. So one is like, I'm watching a movie and like somebody's, somebody's smoking a cigarette and I'm like, ooh, that looks kind of like, you know, that looks cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other is, uh, and the other, and then there's, so there's the, there's the trigger, there's the external trigger, and then there's the internal trigger, which is just like the thought like, oh, maybe a cigarette. Um, so that's like, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly what that comes from. Then there's the other side, which is the pathological sort of like, there's the physical component which is like, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety my, physically. My body's feeling like maybe tense in my gut or tense in my lungs. And I, my response to that is like, um, oh, maybe like if I smoke, maybe I'm just, maybe this is just a craving. Like maybe I'm craving nicotine right now. And if I, if I go smoke, then I can... Um, then I can get past it. Then, then it'll go away and I'll put, it, I'll put that away for a week or right. longer. But to come back to your question about what happens when I finish the pack, it's, it's that finish the pack. Usually, you know, I'm not smoking very often. So I go a couple of days without, uh, you know, without a cigarette. And I'm like, you know, maybe feeling proud of myself for not, for not going with it. And then there's some sort of trigger and usually on the first trigger, I won't go with it right away. I also, I also feel very guilty about smoking and I don't like talking to uh, my partner about it. And I try to, I or to of, me, this is the first dive. Or to you, it. like, yeah, I, I hide it. I like totally hide it. I definitely feel shame about it. So I, I hide it. And then I kind of like, you know, we'll say something like, Oh, I'm just going to like, I'm going to go out or like I pretend to go for a walk and then I go down to the store, go grab a pack, go grab a pack, smoke on the steps there. And, and while then that's me- happening though, Sam, you know, there's a lot of time in between, right? So you, mm-hmm. you, you, from the trigger, whatever that is, to the time you get to the store, like once you've made the decision, is it just all the other thoughts are, are away? Like, and now you're just, you don't care anymore? Like what happens in your brain? Like when do you go from, eh, okay, and then I'm, you know what, I'm going to go do it. I'm not really sure what, I mean, the thing is the guilt never goes away. So even as I'm walking to the store, I'm like, this is a bad decision. Don't do this. You're stupid. Why would you do this? Don't do this. I'm, you know, I'm having all this self-talk that's telling me not to go do it. And yet I have, it's like made up in my head, in my head. It's like, there's been a category shift and suddenly it's the time this is happening. So it's time, it's time to do it. Right. And even though I feel I'm feeling badly about it, I'm just like, okay, just do it. And then you can stop, you know, feeling guilty, but the guilt doesn't go away. So. Right. And then you have the pack. And then of course you don't have to walk to the store. You, your, your, your level of choice narrows down to a quick moment where you want to, and then you just have it. And then you just have to wait till you can sneak out of the house or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So thanks for, for walking us through that a little bit. Um, the inner dialogue uh, that happens when we're ambivalent about things that we want to change and how much we go back and forth, it's, it's, it's comedic in, in many ways. Um, so all that said, clearly f- you mentioned mostly phys- physiological tri- uh, things that bother you about it, how it impacts your body. You also mentioned that there's feelings of guilt. Um, and we won't get into like, you know, whether that's a good thing in that situation, whether that's a bad thing, but just that there's guilt as well. So there's some psychological impact. What are some other things that, that bother you about smoking that have led you to have this conversation right now? There's a, there was a conversation that I had with my dad many years ago when I was young, maybe 16 or 17, where uh, I spoke about, smoking might've been, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. And, and you know, my, I, I do have like cancer in my family history, particularly on my dad's side. So 
you know, when he, I'm not sure how this came up because I've been hiding it most of my life. Um, but he, you know, came up and was, you know, and he had found out and said, don't be an idiot. Are you kidding with our family history? Don't do that. And it's like, that comes, that really plays in my head continually. Like I think to myself, you know, there is, there's definitely like a fear of death component um, that's attached to all of this, which is that I, in my head, I, there is some sort of like a narrative of my mortality, um, the reality of death, the actions that, you know, it's one of the only things, I, I mean, I, I make lots of, I make pretty conscious choices um, across the board. And this is just one of these things that I can't seem to shake. It's one of the only, like, I don't, you know, I, I'm pretty regularly thinking about things that I can do to avoid death. Um, and so to be taking action in a way that I know is contributing to, I mean, at least, it can't you know, help. It can't help. It can't help. It, it can't help. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth <laughs> on it though. So like I can, I can tell myself a story how, see the, and this is why my Bubby is like a part of this. My Bubby's 90. Exactly. She's, she's one pillar of, she's one side of the equilibrium on the one, on the one hand is my Bubby who's 90 years old, who's lived her whole life, who smoked her whole life. She's also not a pack a day kind of smoker. She's also like a passive um, nectar of life smoker. So if she could do it and she's still alive and whatever, so like maybe it's not actually, you know, uh, stepping you towards death, at least if you don't view it in that way. And then there's the other side of me, which is actually the part that I, I feel more emotionally connected to, which, which is, and this is like, as I, in my representation of my, um, my Bubby is that she, like in my head, she is only able to continue smoking and not have it affect her health because she genuinely believes in this nectar of life thing. Whereas me, I'm kind of like, I don't totally believe in it. Like I, I, it's a romantic vision that's somewhat detached from my actual model of how health works. So for me, it's like, I can, I sort of like aspire to it cognitively, but can't actually it, but but my but my model of how the body works doesn't um, re doesn't reinforce that belief. So instead, what I feel is this guilt, and I think to myself, "Well, I'm doing it, but with the wrong mentality." So it is going to lead to so. Whereas, like you know, maybe it's the case that if you if you don't have if you associate it's like if you associate negative feelings with something, then it's then it like can lead to bad things. But if you don't associate negative feelings with it, then it it doesn't. And which is obviously not literally true it's not literally true but this is my but this framework. is in your inner your your inner frame sam and what's interesting is that you're on the one hand that you're experiencing like the the sort of the the bubby side of this you're also the kind of person who life makes life decisions on a personal level through like strategy on a excel sheet and like <laughs> has written about it and like is so thoughtful and to me and again, I know that I could be wrong, but I'll take a stab at it. And I felt this way about picking my lips. And by the way, I'm still, my lips are still clean. Um, is it's a, it's a representation of a, of, of a lack of progress in many respects uh, of, of this, 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 this thing. You've made so many changes in your life. You, you're so growth oriented. You are constantly in a positive way, hopefully reinventing who you are, um, you're so open to feedback from other people. Uh, you've had very difficult conversations with close people in your life who, who have said things just to help you be a better person. Um, and of course you've had that with me. And at the same time, there's just like this thing that you can't seem to break, which is like in, in reduces reality to a very strange place for you where this, the cigarettes mean so much symbolically. And so I think you're, you're totally right. And I, I think that one thing that I, I, I keep on coming back to as I'm thinking about this is, is it the case that I don't want to, I really don't want to change? Like, you know, it, like to what extent am I 
going through doing this whole dance, but really at bottom, uh, I don't actually want to change. And that's why I can't, or that's why I don't. Sure. And, and that's, you know, and the, 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 the whole thing about this and people listening is that, you know, obviously the goal is that people will make the change that they've come into, but it's possible that this investigation might not lead that way though. I, I don't think we've had enough change talk in particular. Um, and you've got into more reasons why you didn't, why you don't want to do it. And if you had to say from zero to 10 right now, where are you uh, in terms of zero being, I have no desire to change, 10 being, that's it. Uh, it's never happening again. Where are you on the spectrum? Feel like I'm at a four. Okay. So the needle is actually more on the side of let's continue this. Uh, but it depends on the day because today I don't feel like smoking. Okay. So in, you know, but in two days from but now. But what about in deep time, now, Sam? What about in a patterned way on the average? Where do you think you're standing? Maybe, yeah, maybe somewhere between four and six. Right. So right in the middle. Now you're at a four and a six. Let's say on a really good day, you're at a six. And on a really bad day, you're at a four. Why aren't you at like a two or a one? Because, that I, because I know it's not uh, something that I want to carry with me through life. Um, and I, uh, I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering, maybe we can try, maybe we can have a conversation about like, why, why is it that I, why is it that I'm making it okay for myself? Why is it that you're making it okay for yourself? Maybe because it, it feels like not such a big deal. It's not that but important. I it, but I think, but I think it is. And there's a reason that I'm talking like, you know, I don't, I hide it from people for a reason. Um, and it's because I feel shame and guilt about it. So I think to speak about it in a public way feels like a, a step. It feels to me like a, a willingness to have the, the right conversation about how to move past it in uh, it thoughtfully and sure. committed way. So even though you're still in the middle there, the fact that you're having this conversation, and of course I did ask you, and maybe this is what came to mind and that's something to keep in mind as well. But it is interesting to me that you do hide this, that there's something that you think it reveals about you that you really don't want other people to know. And you just, right now you're just, you know, you're labeling it as shame. And I'm wondering if people did know, what would they think of you? What do you think that they would think of you? Hmm. Maybe, I mean, they'd think I was bad. They'd think I was careless, 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 uh, bad, uh, unthoughtful, um, Un unthoughtful, frivolous, unintelligent, frivolous, unintelligent, um, uncontrolled, undisciplined. Right. Um, uh, That's not really in conjunct in, in, in coherence with how many people think about you. Should hope so. <laughs> I don't hear. From all the things on the grapevine, Sam, you don't hear some of the things that you've mentioned that, uh, that are so, coming up right now. So that sounds like an argument for the alleviation of guilt, not for an argument to stop smoking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if it means that. You know, it, I think that... But maybe, but maybe it is through the alleviation of the guilt that suddenly, if I can get rid of the guilt then the act itself becomes less appealing. Like maybe it's that in some way, smoking actually, instead of representing this whole thing with my Bubby, it more, it's actually a representation of a vision of myself that I think I had, or I was scared of the way I was scared of presenting as an adolescent that I feel as an adult, I've moved away from um, in creating my personality in contrast to, to many of the things that I think I struggled with as a younger person. 
um, which what did involve like un being undisciplined and unthoughtful and all these things. And so by holding on to smoking, in a sense, it's holding on to this. Um, the hiding of it. You get it, it, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's holding on to this last, that energy of, of uh, whatever I was as a kid. Right. However you started to identify and, and those, it sounds trivial in some sense, it's just smoking, but clearly maybe this is one area of your life where there's still those deeper primal understandings of who you are, core beliefs about yourself mm -hmm. are, are stuck in there somewhere. And so if that's the case, then the choice becomes, you know, do I want to really let go of that model of self? And if I do, um, because I've, I, you know, I've taken steps to let go of that in many other areas, um, but continue to hold on to it in, in this one. So if I, you know, and maybe in some ways I've, I fetishized that older version of, of my personality or of, of my mental constructs of goodness and badness. And the reason I'm holding on to it is to, to keep my connection to that early version of myself. Well, aren't those the same, aren't the two sides of the smoking, the positive element and the negative element part of like a similar archetype of a person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Person who's carefree, enjoys the moment, lives for, for now, do, doesn't care so much about the future because today is beautiful. Life is beautiful, as you say in your blog. There's this, there's this you know, romantic, romantic, romantic element of youth, right? Of you know, not as much responsibility, not as much discipline, all those things. And then at the same time, part of the smoking is also all the the underbelly of that, if you will, um, the, 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 sorry, the thoughtlessness, the impulsivity, um, the inability to make changes that you know you might want to make, you know, to be more uh, thoughtful, uh, long-term thinking, all these kinds of things seem to be intertwined with each other. And so how do you get the positive things without, without, uh, taking along the negative well well my reaction first is like and and i did not intend this everybody to get so um deep in that sense um i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying i think that this means a lot to you like in terms of like this decision whether or not you articulate it in this way it, it has a lot of meaning to to it um it's very meaningful even though it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. So if, you know, taking all that we've spoken about, the ambivalence, the complexity of why you do this, of what it may mean to you to hold on to it or to not hold on to it, outside of all of that, if you can, you know, because if you can divorce it a bit from the symbolism, because there's a big wide world out there beyond this decision. Um, and you obviously care about being both free-spirited and in the moment and also thoughtful and responsible. They're both really important to you. So asking you in the here and the now, not based on all the meaning that, that this decision represents, what, what do you really want to do about this smoking? I think I'd like to get rid of the shame and guilt around it. I think I'd like you know, and this comes back to um, something, I've, a repeated thought that I've been having for the last few months, which is that uh, it's okay to do things that are like, that the extent to which you're free as an individual is measured by the extent to which you can eradicate pathological ways of acting and thinking. And what's clear to me is that there's a pathology that's embedded in this whole thing so the question, so what's, and I think this is true of many stimu like behaviors that uh, happen in our, in our lives and things that we repeated actions. It's that um, the action itself or the, like in the, in the language of semiotics, like between signifier and signified, like the, the 
the thing it's the thing in itself is not so much the problem the smoking in itself is not so much the problem although you know clearly uh it's not great um the problem is the is the pathological association it's that the 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 negative component of it is that is the thing that needs to be removed is is the is the thought process and um symbolism that's connected to it and i think if you're able to eliminate i my suspicion although i'm not you know i'd have to check in with myself in the future to verify this but my suspicion is that if you eliminate the pathology um, if you eliminate this uh symbolic connection between um badness and goodness and health and like destruction and self-immolation and and um all of these connections uh, if you're able to disintegrate that and just treat the act as the act in a, in itself my suspicion is it becomes a lot less appealing sure. and suddenly smoking it becomes it becomes truly ambivalent it becomes truly like who cares whether or not it happens um because it's you know because my, my challenge a, to that is i don't really believe that i mean i think that the guilt is is and i think people we have a disc, difficulty with this in our society in general i mean feeling guilty let's say smoking was even more of a problem would probably be a really smart adaptive thing to to really feel uh, self-conscious about it because we know that uh, it can really be physically damaging to a person's life mm-hmm. so i think you can do your best to like extract and realize that maybe me smoking once a week is like not the ultimate uh, confirmation of all these insecure, deep beliefs that I've had about myself in the past. Sure, you can sort of divorce a little bit of the symbolism, but I think that the symbolism itself, what's actually happening when you're smoking is, is quite kind of an, a re- reasonable ex- experience to have with smoking. Mm-hmm. In our society, it's not that cool to smoke anymore. Um, so like people feeling guilty, sure. You, you may try to not feel it, but I think it's knowing you, I I don't, I question, uh, that I do question that Mm -hmm. you can't really divorce from the symbolism as much as, as you think, but I mean, you could, you could tell me I'm wrong. I'm, I'm open to that also. Yeah. I think that, uh, I guess in my head, the thing that I'm clinging onto that I'm realizing, like, I'm thinking like, okay. I am, I'm seeing a, a vision of being on a patio or something with a bunch of friends or being by the beach with some friends having a beer or something. And somebody's like, Hey, you want a cigarette? And I'm like, in my head, that is so connected to the youthfulness and the whatever that even all like, if I'm able to, I think I already am able to do that somewhat guilt-free. Right. Like I'm, I'm already in those environments. Like that is so that's in the moment, like, Sam. That's 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 a momentary thing versus the thing that we were talking about, right? That, where there's more shame, which is like, sure. I'm going to the store to buy some cigarettes, and yeah, I'm dip, tiptoeing around my family and friends uh, about this. So then, maybe what I my goal is, I I want to get rid of that. Interesting. I wanna, so I want. So what's get... emerged from this, Sam? Is no, you go on. You go on. That's really interesting, though what you're about to say. No, I I think that that's the, I mean, really that's the repeated pattern. That's the pathological, the pathological component. That's the piece that I really would like to um, eliminate. I mean, and, uh, and maybe, you know, in my head, I'm wanting to cling on to this earlier to this, you know, um, sort of like auto poetic, you know, momentary in the moment, like, you know, uh, indulgence. I'm wanting to cling on to that, but um, maybe, maybe I can let go of that too. Well, let's start. And, and I, and it's the same thing that I did with my sister last week and myself. I mean, there is a fear when you make a decision like, Oh my gosh, I never want to smoke another cigarette again. Right? Like, first of all, you may not want to like, that might not be your goal, but that might also just be wild. Like given you know where you are at this moment in this time and uh, obviously in some ideal sense maybe that's what you would want in some way but you've already differentiated between absolutely stopping and accepting you know in the spur of a moment that someone may offer it to you or or it may 
come up in certain social situations on a on an occasional spontaneous basis but the foresight and the strategy and the movement and the purchase and the all the thoughtfulness that goes into that maybe that's where you're ready to say hey maybe i don't need to do that i think that's right so i guess we really should just end this with the classic motivational interviewing question you know this is not uh, a, a formula that just goes oh you know, we talk about why you want to change, why you don't, blah, blah, blah. We get into change talk. I mean, there is a formula, but, but there's conversations. This is life conversations. But I want, to, I want to end this conversation just asking, what do you think you'll do? I think that I will... I think this has really opened up a new way of thinking and understanding my relationship with cigarettes and with smoking. I think that I... Um, it's funny. Uh, of course, I, you just can't give a, nor- a right straight answer. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably some. You know, there's probably some German word for the feeling of like you know the sim- this the connection between small things and big things. How all of the the little things that happen on the surface of our existences somehow just are deeply connected to this these inner modes. And I think, whereas smoking, I always, I, I, I never spend the time to dig deeper, but it's a real moment of seeing that uh, direct uh, connection between um, the outer layer and the inner layer. And I think that it's really, you know, I really do think that given other areas of my life where I've done the work of seriously, um, you know, taking my hands and moving away the dirt and getting in there and trying to figure out like, you know, what is that direct symbolic connection where I've made some really transformational uh, changes um, having, you know, observed those connections. I really do think this has opened up space for me to, to change. And I think that, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of the like, you know, once in a blue moon friends are out enjoying the spirit of life you know, have a cigarette, but I really do think I will take very seriously the, uh, the pathological regular, um, weekly indulgence, um, component of my relationship. And I'm, I'm certainly hoping that this is, uh, this is the right time to make a change. And and what do you think the, uh, you know, just as we end this, just the first two or three steps in order to really be able to make this kind of happen? What are some things that you want to do and maybe foreseeing some of the things that might get in the way of that? So the way that my, my methodology um, when I have these types of conversations and I uncover these associations is to, is to write everything out and build like a whole framework and system for understanding uh, the connections between things. So I think the first, the net, the first step is, um, reflecting on this conversation and mapping those things out um, so that I can understand it and learn about it a little bit more, maybe even write about it. Um, and uh, I think the next step is to, um, is to make different set of associations. Um, so like when uh, the thought comes up, you know, um, yeah, give me a visual Sam, like, yeah, like give me, because this is where I do this with people. Like when that thought comes up, first of all, are you going to have cigarettes in your house? You know, how, how are you going to navigate that? Uh, which, well, I, well, I do currently. Okay, so. so you have them for now. So, so and, and again, I guess I'm going to get over my desire for you to have like a really concrete plan. But Sam, when those thoughts come up, what's a visual imagery that you want to set? For me, when I wanted to pick my lip, I had this image of my hands are tied behind my back mm-hmm. that I just, my hand, Oh, I just can't do it. My hands are tied behind my back. What is that for you? So in my experience, um, when I'm trying to make association changes, I find that typically the best strategy for me is not to make like a negative thing because I am, my personality is such that if you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> I am going to go really hard and try to do it. Like, yes, arms behind, my ba- arms behind my back, like that's not going to work because I'm no. just going to push you like 
no. twice as hard. And your personality is coming out in full shine uh, <laughs> just within this conversation about who you are in a, gr- in a great way, in a great way, for the and, most part. <laughs> <laughs> a little stubborn. A little stubborn. Um, so I think that really the association that I need to make is between instead when I'm having that bad, the, the feeling like I am bad or, you know, something is whatever. And my instinct is to reach for the cigarette to like lean into that connection with my earlier self. Um, it's to flip the conversation and say like, I am good. Um, I, and, and maybe focus on um, some of the other choices that I'm making in my life that are positive and that build positive reinforcement of things that feel mutually supportive and um, in connection with my values and that through making that association and reinforcing it over time and turning that into its own habit um, I'll be able to uh, I'll be able to have a trigger that instead like instead of I, I have thought I need to go smoke then I feel I stew on it and then go and do it. I, it's, I have thought I'm, I have thought to go smoke. I um, instinctively reflect on, I make an association. Maybe I have to be more particular. Like maybe I have association, like maybe I go, I go for a walk or something. I go outside and I have the thought I go outside. I um, you take your dog I, with you. I take my dog. I meditate. I do something. And over time, that, is, that like connection between those two thoughts um, turns into a positive reinforcement um, and right. feedback mechanism that, uh, that does away with the initial, initial thought in the first place. And perhaps then you, you actually have the experience of relief from whatever you were going through, through that new experience that you do have, um, which may be just in partly related to the fact that you go for a walk and you get outside um, even more than the smoking, but who knows? Either way, um, it's really interesting as I wrap this up, just to say for the really wrap this up that, um, yeah, and even at the work I do with in, in psychotherapy, and this is not psychotherapy, but often like we focus on concrete things, concrete experiences. And, and through that, we, we, we can get to themes that transcend the particular. Um, so Sam, thank you so much for, for being courageous enough to share with a live audience Something that for some people may not be a big deal, maybe a big deal, whatever, but what it means to you, Sam, that you have decided that there's something that you are afraid to share with the world and you have decided, hey, like I can do this. And uh, I still think you're a great guy, even though you have this thing going on with smoking and don't you worry, I, I still, I think higher of you in many respects. Not because you smoke, but just because you were open about this on, uh, <laughs> on this episode here. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Noah. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change. <laughs> <laughs>